If you're an accredited investor looking for an incredible opportunity to invest your money, I have exactly what you're looking for. I have put together a fund where we are loaning money to fix and flip investors for their investment properties. And I'm looking for investors right now. We provide steady income for our investors. We are focused on capital preservation. We have minimum target of returns that we plan on giving back to our investors. And this opportunity is incredible. Like I said, this fund is lending to the best of the best. And we're looking for people to come aboard and be investors and go along for the ride as this thing grows. I'm super excited about it. Right now, we're only talking to accredited investors. So if that's you and you want more information, reach out to me at mike at juststartrealestate.com and I will get you all the information. Guys, this fund is amazing and we are so different from everybody else. And one of the biggest differences, we don't just lend money to anybody. Anybody who comes along with an application doesn't get money from us. You have to have a track record. We have to know that your business is strong and healthy. And that's who we lend to because our commitment to our investors is that we will protect their money and we will give them consistent, reliable returns. Guys, if you're interested in this and you want to come along on that journey with me and my company, reach out to me now, mike at juststartrealestate.com. I cannot wait to talk to you. Uh, I also know what it means to not get started and to want to do something and to know that you want more and you want to do more and have more, but you're held back by fear. I, I did that too. I was held back by fear for about five years before I got started. I really wanted to be in real estate. I knew I wanted to be in real estate but I was allowed myself to be comfortable. I allowed myself to let fear rule me a little bit and I didn't get started when I should have. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it. Guys, I have a brand new feature that I'm going to be bringing to you on Thursdays that I'm really excited about, actually. I am doing live Facebook Q&As every week on Facebook at my page, Just Start Real Estate, uh, that you can certainly tune into live and check it out and ask questions and get your questions answered. Uh, I do them on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you can go to the Just Start Real Estate page on Facebook and check that out. Uh, but these are going so well, and I've gotten such good feedback, and I'm getting such good questions that I thought I really want to share it here on my podcast as well. And I want anyone who doesn't have the ability to tune in for those, who maybe have missed one or two or whatever, that you can also take advantage of hearing the questions that I'm getting, hearing the answers, and really diving into some really great business questions, um, how to start your business, uh, different aspects of the risk involved with starting your business and investing money, and what do I think of the market, and you know how do I uh, run my business, and just you know some of them are very uh, real estate specific, and some of them are more general business questions. But like I said, it's been a lot of fun, and it's gone really, really well. And I just want to share this with as many people as possible. And so I'm going to do that here. Uh, you can hear that every week here on Thursdays. And uh, I think that, that it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And so the what I'm sharing now actually happened a few weeks ago, toward the beginning of April. And uh, people were asking questions like, 
why did I pick real estate? Why why did I feel like that was a good industry for me to get into? And what what's happening with the market? Is it is it going to implode? Are, are people going to lose money? Like, what do I do in this real estate market we're in now? And and uh, and then how did I decide or convince myself that it was worth the risk to get into real estate when I first got into real estate? So really good questions about the market, about investing, about starting a business. And I just thought it was really a lot of fun and really very informative. And I thought the questions that people were asking were great. So I'm going to share this with you now. And on every Thursday, uh, we're going to bring you that Q&A that happens live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. If you want to check them out, you can actually be there live on the on the Q&A and you can ask questions live or you can check them out here on the podcast. So either way, whatever works better for you. But here comes the first one. Uh, this was taken, like I said, back early April. And uh, I think it went great. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So without any further ado, here we go with the first Facebook Q&A that I ever did on uh, uh, April 7th, I believe. So here you go, guys. Check it out. All right, guys. So again, my name is Mike Simmons. Um, I want to answer your questions. Like I said, I get questions all the time. And I've curated some of them and boiled them down to some of the more common ones that I've been getting lately. Um, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm going to answer them here every week. Uh, I said at the beginning, I have a podcast called Just a Real Estate that I answer a lot of these questions on too, frankly. Um, but I want to do it here because I thought it'd be a lot of fun to do that. Uh, a little bit about me. I am a real estate investor. I'm based in Michigan. Uh, I have been in real estate as an investor since 2008. Uh, prior to that, I was in the automotive industry. I was working a white collar job, basically nine to five and, uh, and hating it. So uh, I got into real estate and I was able to really learn a lot in a fairly short amount of time. I did kind of bumble around for a few years and, it, and I, I didn't have answers to questions that I, that I had. I had no one to ask really. So that's why I do what I do now. I know there's questions that people have that they need answers to and they're not getting them. So I want to help with that. But uh, I also know what it means to not get started and to want to do something and to know that you want more and you want to do more and have more. But you're held back by fear. I, I did that too. I was held back by fear for about five years before I got started. I really wanted to be in real estate. I knew I wanted to be in real estate, but I was allowed myself to be comfortable. I allowed myself to let fear rule me a little bit and I didn't get started when I should have. So uh, once I did though, things really took off. And after a few years, I really started putting the pieces together and figuring some things out. And I was able to scale my business to over a million dollars in profits relatively quickly. So that is uh, my foundation in a nutshell, it's a lot more to it than that, obviously, but that's sort of who I am and why I do what I do. Um, and then, like I said, I get questions all the time. People ask me about scaling business. They ask me about starting their business. They ask me about how to get over the fear of starting a business, because I do think that that is the cornerstone. That's the problem. People think they need questions to the, the tactical stuff, like how do I find motivated sellers and all these things? Where do I find money? And while those are hurdles and those are challenges, that's not the real challenge. Because even if I give you the answer, if I give the 10 people the same answer, they don't do the same thing with it. So why don't they, right? I, that's what I'm super interested in too, is why do people, some take some people take action? Why do some people not? And what's the difference? And how can I help them get past that and bridge that gap between kind of knowing what they need to do and actually getting it done. And then once they start going, how do you put together a successful business and scale it profitably? So that's the real key, right? That's that's really where most of my questions uh, lie. So I'm going to start answering questions now. I'm just going to pick some of them that I've gotten uh, over time. And uh, 
Uh, and uh, Angela, thank you for uh, for logging on. I see you, Michael. Uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to do my best to answer questions that you guys ask live. And uh, at the same time, I'm going to be answering a few questions that I have gotten over the last few weeks when I started asking people for these, these questions and these, these things they want to know. So let me start with the first one. Again, these are curated. I, I, what I did was I took the questions that I got and I kind of distilled them down into a handful of questions that were either exactly the same or pretty much the same, kind of the same idea of what they were looking for and, and put it into a few questions that I have here. So the first one is, um, and it's funny, these, some of these questions I, I just looked at before I logged on here, um, we can go pretty deep, honestly. They're, they're, these are they're, The surface of the question isn't really everything that I know what the person's dealing with and sometimes in these questions, and, and they go a little deeper than what the question would imply. So let's, let's get started and do that now. So the first question, what made you decide that real estate was a good career path to be in? Um, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't know until I was in my mid to late 30s that real estate was what I wanted to do. <clears throat> but here's what I did know. I knew that I didn't want to be where I was. And for me, that was the automotive industry. I, I, I'm in Michigan, a lot of people here in the automotive industry, but it really doesn't matter what the industry was. I was in a nine to five cubicle type job where what I was doing wasn't fulfilling. Uh, I woke up on Monday mornings, absolutely dreading the week. Uh, I went to bed on, on Sunday night, dreading the week coming up. Uh, I lived for Friday afternoon, you know, like that whole, everyone sort of has that story. A lot of people anyways, who are in a nine to five job and I hated it. And I knew that I hated it, but I, I, I kept trying to fit myself into that mold of the nine to five. And it just didn't work. I'm not built for that. I know that looking back, especially I'm a bad employee. I'm just not built to be an employee. So it didn't work for me, but I still did it for a number of years. I was in automotive for like 18, 20 years going on 20 years. Uh, if you start, or at least I was in the working world for 20 years. So I would go to work and just be miserable. I was difficult for my employer to deal with sometimes because I was very opinionated, very strong-willed, strong-headed. I wanted to do things my way. And really, when I look back, I was built to be an entrepreneur. And sometimes when you put an entrepreneur in a very constrained environment, they just don't do well. They either die or they get out. And, and so I got out. I didn't want to die being in that environment. And so for me, I wanted to retire early, or at least I wanted to make sure that I was able to retire and have a decent life when I retired, worst case scenario. So, and I'm going to answer the question, why real estate? So I started looking online at the time uh, I was looking into day trading and stocks and the stock market and I'm trying to figure that whole world out. And I did research. I spent hours online looking into that and at the end of the day, I, I, I think I might have hated stocks and the stock market and learning that more than I hated my nine to five because it wasn't motivating me to get out of my job and to do that. Because as you know, when, you, when you're doing something to try to get out of your nine to five, you have to do your nine to five. And then after work and on lunch hours and on the weekend, that's when you do your side hustle or whatever it is that you're trying to build. That's how most people do it. So if you don't love it, if you're not really motivated by it, you're not going to do it on the weekends. You're not going to do it um, when things get tough. So I was looking into the stock market and stocks. And honestly, guys, I hated it. I just hated it. And so as I scrolled Google, when I was looking at investment opportunities and investment vehicles and how do you invest in these kind of things, I found real estate. And real estate was something that once I started reading about it, real estate investing and flipping houses and rentals and all these, this whole world, 
that excited me. I, I really could sit and read and study and learn for hours without getting tired. And that's a great indication that what you're doing and what you're looking at and studying is something that you potentially love. So I did that and I studied and I looked and I, I finally made the decision. I want to be a real estate investor and I love real estate. I love what it has to offer. I love everything about it. I love the wealth that you can build. I love the freedom that it can give you once you kind of figure things out and scale up a little bit. And then the worst thing that can happen to anybody when you get excited about something and you don't take action right away is you start overthinking. I, I got analysis paralysis. I, after a while, I was just, it was almost enough for me to read another book, to listen to another podcast, to um, go to another seminar. And I started feeding off the energy of learning. And, and every time I learned something, it made me see something else that might also be good in real estate. So maybe in one week, I'm looking at flipping houses and how you do that. And I'm studying and learning. And then I go to a seminar and I learn about rentals and I go, wow, rentals, that sounds like for me. And so it was shiny object meets paralysis analysis meets fear, fear of, of screwing up fear of losing money, fear of looking stupid when it doesn't work out. And I tell people I'm going to be a real estate investor. And then next thing you know, years later, I'm still stuck in my cubicle, my nine to five. And then people go, Hey, nice job. I thought you were going to be a real estate investor. So I let fear rule me, rule me for five years until I actually got, got going. And so what made me decide real estate was a good career path because I did it in my free time without feeling like I was being robbed of something or like I was wasting time. Like I loved it that much. So I could do it in my free time. I could do it on the weekends. And I, I did it during my lunch. And to be perfectly honest, and I, I'm not necessarily proud of it, but toward the end of my nine to five, I was doing it during the day. Like during my nine to five, I was doing deals and talking to contractors. And, and that's when I knew it was time for me to leave because that's just, it's not fair to your employer, obviously, to do that. I mean, I was doing my job. I was getting it done. I was, I was, you know, succeeding there, but I was robbing the company of my time. I wasn't giving them all my time. And at that point, I was starting to make more on my side hustle, my real estate business that I was growing than I was in my nine to five. So that was a good time for me to know it was time to leave. Uh, but that's why I chose real estate. That's, that's why real estate makes sense for me. Um, the freedom, the scalability, the ability to actually create generational wealth that lasts far beyond you. So you can kind of help take care of your kids and their kids and all that. That's why real estate appeals to me. It's not that you can't do it in other industries. It's just what worked for me. Um, <clears throat> awesome. So yeah, thank, thanks, Mike. I see that you're, uh, you're, you're in there. You're paying attention. You like what I'm talking about. Uh, you guys give me a thumbs up. If you like what, if you like this content, if you like what I'm talking about, um, so the next question is, I'm thinking about investing in real estate, but I'm worried that the market is going to implode. What do I do? Okay, here's the deal. You are probably, and this, this was more than one person asked this question in a couple of different ways, right? So this is like a question that was asked in a bunch of different ways. The market is going to change, there's no doubt about it. At some point, this crazy seller's market that we're in where you know people are getting 10, 20, 30, 50% over their asking price. I, I was just speaking to someone yesterday. I interviewed someone on my podcast. He's a realtor from Texas. I'm sorry, Tennessee, from Tennessee. And he said, there are people who are making a quarter of a million dollar over asking on five and $600,000 properties. That's insane. I mean, that is absolutely nuts. 
I've never heard of that ever in my life. And I don't think that's ever been the case in modern times. I, I just don't think that's ever been the case. The market's so hot, it's crazy. And prices are high. There's no doubt about it. But what I do know is real estate investing, whether it be buy and hold, like landlord, fix and flip, or wholesaling, right? The, all of those things have been around much longer than the last year or two or three. It, it wasn't invented in this market cycle. It, it's been happening for decades and decades through all market cycles, through all interest rates, through all property values up and down, right? Back in 08, when I started, property values were, were crashing. Like there was a ton of inventory and not enough demand. Everyone was screaming, get out of real estate. House prices were plummeting. Like it was like, you know, everyone would freak screaming and running around the streets. That's when I started. And I, when I started, once I told people, which it took me a while to tell people, because I was afraid of, of looking stupid or, or rejection, uh, I, I realized after that point that I had actually started real estate at a time when it was like kid in a candy store. It should have been like the easiest thing in the world. And I didn't realize that until the market changed. So my point being here for the question that I was asked is if, th if you're thinking about getting into real estate investing and you're worried that the market is going to implode, it might. It might, right? It depends on who you talk to. Some people say, oh, it's going to implode. I've heard people who, by the way, I think know what they're talking about. They're very, very smart. Say, we are going to experience a real estate crash worse than 08. And I've also heard people who I think are intelligent and know what they're talking about, that it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be very bad at all. It's going to be a minor blip in the radar. Prices will dip a little bit. No big deal. Like It'll hardly even be noticeable. So Who's right? I don't know. But here's what I do know. It doesn't matter. If you want to be a real estate investor, be a real estate investor. I don't care what the market cycle is. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware of where you are in the market cycle. You should. You have to be aware of where you are. But it doesn't mean that you wait. Because here's what happens when you wait for the market to change. Something else will happen. Maybe maybe it's election year, right? So it's like, well, I'm going to wait till after the election. And then, you know, there's a pandemic, right? You, nobody expected that. And then there's a pandemic and you go, well, there's a pandemic. I can't do it now. And then, well, the market's, the market's going to implode again because it's, it's artificially high. Like there will always be something on a macro level. It's like world events are going to, are going to keep you from doing it. And on a micro level, it's going to be like, well, summer's coming. We're taking the kids on vacation. So I'll wait till after summer. Uh, the winter's coming, like it's a bad time to buy. Christmas is coming or whatever, like holidays are coming and, and we'll wait after that. And then the next holiday and the next event and the next, the next vacation, and then you never do it, right? So I love when people ask me this, is it a good time to invest? And in the, same, in the same types of questions I get regarding that are, how are the market? How is the market? How's the market doing? What's the market like? And I always tell people the same thing. And this is helping answer this question. The market is absolutely great. It doesn't matter where we are in the market cycle. The market's great. It's just how you react to the market because who are you and, and what's your perspective? If I'm a seller, the market's great. When the market crashes or when the real estate, not the market, but when the real estate house prices go down and we kind of have that correction and I'm a buyer, I'm going to tell you the market's great. So depending on who you are and what you're interested in, the market's always great. But for a real estate investor, the wonderful thing about being a real estate investor in any market is you just adapt your strategy to fit the market. So the market's never bad. The market is indifferent. It just is what it is. It's like saying, is the number eight great? It's just the number eight. It depends on what you're doing with that. I mean, is that like, 
the amount of dollars you have in your bank account? Well, that's really, really bad. Is that the number of like uh, Bitcoin that you have? That's really, really good, right? It's just a number. In the market is just, it is what it is. It's not great or, or bad. So should you get in, 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 into real estate investing now or wait because the market can implode? Get in now, don't wait. But be aware of what's happening. And the way that you're aware of what's happening is to stay educated. Keep, keep your ear to the ground. Get involved in groups, real estate, uh, RIAs, your local RIA, get involved in masterminds so that you have this collective awareness in, in this, like for me, I'm a part of the seven figure flipping mastermind. It's a real estate investor mastermind. And it's full of people from around the country who are really, really good real estate investors. And, and so we're all paying attention to the market. And when anything changes anywhere in the country, we're talking about it, we're communicating and we're talking about how to react to that. So be educated, understand where you are in the market cycle, but don't freak out about whether or not you should start. You should start. Okay. That's my advice to you. Start. Don't wait because the biggest regret you're going to have at some point is that you waited, you know, 10 years are going to go by whether you start or not. So in 10 years, do you want to look back and go, ah, oh, I should have gotten started 10 years ago. I wish I would have gotten started earlier. I have that regret if I'm being honest right? I mean, I'm glad I started period, but I wish I would have started much younger. When I talk to guys and, and ladies who are teenage, early twenties, mid twenties, I just go, oh my God, like you have so much opportunity and so much time on your, uh, you know, to working to your advantage that you can just dominate the world. Like there's no, there's nothing you can't do for sure. And if you're a little older and you're getting started, there's really still nothing you can't do. You're just working in, in maybe a compressed time frame if you want to retire and stop working altogether. Like, you know, your, your book ended a little bit differently than someone who's 18 who's getting started. But get started now. Don't wait. You will regret it if you wait. I, I truly believe that. Okay. I'm going to take a look at some of the things we have uh, going on here. Um, yeah, let's see. Connor. Hey, Connor. How you doing, man? Uh, how much longer will the market stay this hot? Short answer, nobody knows. Long answer, um, I, I personally believe just if you look at what's happening, if you look at the forbearance, if you look at um, the checks that the government's writing us and just sending us for having a heartbeat, that can't last forever. The, the, you know, the moratorium on evictions, I think the latest is June that it's been extended to, but I, honestly, I, I don't know for sure. I think it's June. Um, it, it may get extended again. I don't know, but it cannot last forever. That much I do know. It will not last forever. And when those things go away, people are going to lose their house. They just are. And there's going to be a correction. Now, how do I, how do I know there's going to be a correction? Like, wh what is my reasoning for saying that? My reason for saying that is all throughout history, it's happened. It's, it's always happened. There's always been spikes and dips and spikes and dips. It, it's just going to happen. Even if the pandemic had not happened and there were no stimulus checks and there were no forbearance and all that, it was still going to happen. It just might be happening a little sooner than it was going to, but it was going to happen. And I think with all of the artificial help that people are getting and they need it, and it's great. I'm not saying it, it shouldn't happen, but it's going to end at some point. And when it does, I think the house of cards are going to crumble a little bit. Now, the, the question is how bad we, I talked about that a minute ago. I don't know how bad, nobody knows how bad, but it's going to happen that much. We know, I personally think we're going to see something before the end of the year. I think by the end of the year, we will start seeing a shift. We'll start seeing prices level off or even go down a little bit. Um, and we'll see that start to change. I, I, again, I spoke to a realtor yesterday who's been in the game for 15 years. He thinks we have a solid 24 months of this market that we're in right now 
house prices and how hot it is, he thinks it's going to last for 24 months. I disagree. I think it's going to be closer to 12, 12 to 18, somewhere in there. We're going to start seeing a significant change. Um, but nobody knows for sure. But again, going back to the last question, it almost doesn't matter. It's again, not to be ignorant of the market, but don't let the market cycle that you're in stop you. Go out there and make it happen because there is money to be made and there's profits to be made in any market. I'm not going to tell you here. I'm not going to sit here and say that when the market crashes or there's a correction, that it won't be more lucrative for a lot of real estate investors. It will. It will. Right. It's a kid in a candy store at that point. It really is. It's sad. People lose their houses and no one roots for that. But if it's going to happen anyway, as a real estate investor, that's usually a really good time for you. It's a really good opportunity to grow your business. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, Michael said here that uh, we, you have to pivot whenever things change, uh, depending on the situation. It's totally true. It's in any business. Real estate happens to be what I'm in, but any business is affected by the, the market cycles, not necessarily real estate, but just the market in general, like what's happening in the economy. And as long as you know what's happening and you're aware of it and you're educated about what's happening, you can pivot and adjust your strategy so that you can be successful. Okay. Uh, let's see. Angela said, if you're hearing several different opinions, how do you know who to trust? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, I really believe that for me, you can go on Google and Google anything if you want an answer and you'll get an answer. The problem is me, my uncle, my crazy neighbor, whoever it is, can give an answer on Google or on, on, some, on some website and you don't know if it's good. So do not take the first answer you get. That's number one. I, you do the research. H how do you really triangulate the truth in any situation? You, you ask a lot of different sources, right? So there's my podcast, right? Shameless plug again for Just Start Real Estate. If you want to go there, I give answers to a lot of the stuff. I'm helping people every single week with real estate questions and, and how to grow and, and scale their business. You can also go to a website like Bigger Pockets. They they have a, a forum there that is, you know, it's it's highly moderated so that there's not as much, you know, junk that happens to, to go into there. Um, you can read up and ask questions there. You can get on social media and ask questions. Now, again, social media is tricky because anyone can ask ask or answer a question. But if you ask the question in enough different places, you start seeing the same answer come at you in a lot of different ways it's a good good bet that that's probably a, a pretty good answer or a really good answer maybe. But if somebody gives you some one-off crazy answer and you never hear it again from any other source, it's not a good answer. It's probably not true or it's not a good way to go. Um, an even better way to go is to like hire a coach or take on a mentor or join a mastermind because now you're in a curated community of people who are doing great things in their businesses and coming together and sharing that. That's probably the best way, but sometimes um, masterminds and coaches, they're not free, right? They, you have to pay, but you're paying, you're investing in your company. But if you could find a, a mentor, a local mentor, someone who has the business that you want, who's in your local market, who's willing to spend time with you a lot of times for free, you can go that route too. Um, but I just think you need to surround yourself with the right people who can answer these questions in a way that you have confidence that, that they know what they're talking about because they're actually out there doing deals. Somebody on the internet just answering a question willy-nilly, like you just don't know what they're up to. So you got to be really careful. If you're going to go that route, like the, the, the I don't want to spend money, I just want to get the answer, you need to ask and go in a lot of different places and start like triangulating those answers and seeing where, where you see the common denominators. And that's probably a pretty good direction to go. Okay. Um, Next question. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Okay. How do you, <laughs> that's funny. <clears throat> how do you convince yourself that an investment is worth the risk? Okay. I'm going to answer this in two different ways because there's really two questions here. I think I know what they're asking, but what this question is specifically asking is not the bigger question. It's not the, it's not, it's not the right question, frankly. It's, it's a good question, but it's not a great question. So I'm going to answer in two different ways. On a, on a macro and a micro level, on a micro level, how do you convince yourself that an investment is worth the risk? If you're talking about an actual property, like you found a property and you, you're going to make an offer and you don't, you don't know if this is a good property to invest in, you do not convince yourself that it's a good property. Convincing yourself is not something you do when you're evaluating a specific property that you want to invest in. Because when people start convincing themselves that they should buy a certain specific property, they usually are sorry, because there are numbers, there's a process that will tell you whether or not that, that property is one that you should invest in as a real estate investor. And just at a super high level, you want to look at what they're asking, obviously, what you think you can get it for. What are the renovations that will be needed on the property? What are all the costs associated, the cost of money, the holding costs, taxes, insurance, and all this stuff? And then what will it be worth once you renovate the property? How much will it be worth after the fact? And that's called ARV, after repair value. Once you know those basic numbers, you can start making a determination of whether or not an investment property is a good idea. Okay, So that's not convincing yourself. It's proving it to yourself with math, with, with an actual process and a formula that spits out an answer that's yes, this is good at this price, or no, it's not good. Now, a property might be a bad investment at, at a certain purchase price, and then a really good investment at a lower purchase price. So if someone uh, presents you with an offer or a deal, not an offer, but a deal that they want you to make an offer on or whatever, and you look at it and what they're asking, once you put it through the formula, it doesn't make sense, then it's a bad, bad investment and you say no. Or what I would suggest is, don't say no, make, make an offer that does make sense. Run the math, go through that process. It'll spit out a number that you can work with, that you can, the offer you can make, make that offer. And if the answer is yes to your offer, now that's, that's a good deal, right? That's a good investment that you should be investing in. Now that's, that's the micro answer. The macro answer is what I think that they're asking here and the, and the macro sense is how do I convince myself that I'm not going to lose money or that I'm not going to screw it up? Or how do I convince myself that I'm worthy to start my own business? Or how do I convince myself so I can convince my wife or my husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever? How do I, what, what is the, what's the argument that I can make to anybody who says I'm an idiot for investing in real estate because prices are sky high. It's a hot market, right? When that person says I'm, I'm dumb for making this investment, like how do I convince them that I'm not dumb I'm putting everything through a process. There's a process to everything I do. And I have a plan of how I'm going to execute. And this is why I think I can be successful, right? How do you convince yourself that you're worthy? How do you convince yourself that it's okay to take that risk? How do you convince yourself to go out of your comfort zone and try something that you've never tried? And maybe nobody you're talking to, frankly, has tried. In most cases, when you're going to start a business, whether it's real estate or you're going to open a, you know, a nutrition company or a gym, like whatever it is, Chances are your friends, your close friends and your family haven't done that before. And so when you're asking them, they're probably going to tell you you're crazy. Like, what do you know? How, why do you think you can do this? And they start 
throwing all this doubt and they're throwing the doubt, not because they hate you or they think you're an idiot. Usually they're doing it because they want to keep you safe. They're one they want to protect you. Right. So all of the doubt that they're throwing at you is to try to keep you right where you are, because that to them, that that's a safer alternative than trying it and failing miserably. Right. So, so take with a grain of salt, what people think of your attempt to, to start a business, whether it's real estate or whatever, like take it with a grain of salt because they might just be trying to keep you safe and protect you, but also giving you bad, bad opinion. Right. So when you're convincing yourself that you should take this chance, that you should start a business, the best way to, con to convince anybody, whether it's your, your spouse or whatever, or for that matter, guys, a bank, an investor, some sort of business partner, because that's the next, that's the next level. First, you have to convince yourself. Then you really need to spend time convincing the people you love that are in your life that care about you. Because the, when you skip that step and go right to starting the business, even though your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, doesn't want you to, you're really attaching, you know, uh, um, like a, a metaphorical anchor to yourself. You're, you're making your, your journey much difficult, much more difficult than it has to be. So the reason why people skip telling their spouse or, or even convincing their spouse or their husband, wife, whatever, friends, the reason why they skip that step is because they don't have a good answer for all of the questions they're going to be asked. And they don't have a good answer because they don't believe it themselves. They want it. They want the money. They want what they think the money will bring them, but they don't believe they can do it. So you don't tell anybody. And then you either skip right to trying to start the business, which is not a good idea, or you don't do anything, which is probably even worse. You know, if you at least try to start the business, you don't have a plan. You don't have a foundation. You don't have the support of your family. Not a good chance of success but there's a chance, right? But if you don't do anything, there's no chance. The best option is convince yourself, Come have a plan, ha have a plan of how you're going to do it. Figure that out so you can convince your, your loved ones that you have a plan and that it's not a boneheaded plan. And then once you convince yourself, you convince your loved ones, you'll be much better equipped to convince a bank, uh, an investor, a business partner, whoever it is, future employees like to get them on board with the, with the vision and the dream. So um, that's the macro answer, right? You don't convince yourself to buy a house. That, that's a recipe for disaster. You have to prove it to yourself with math when you're buying a house. But convincing yourself to start a business, that's very much not necessarily a math equation. It's a process. And there's things that you need to, to kind of do to know that it's going to make sense. Um, but, but that's where convincing yourself comes into play and convincing your loved ones for that matter. Um, okay. Uh, let's see, Angela. Thank you. I appreciate that for calling me logical. I like being logical. I take pride in being logical. Um, uh, Mike said, was there ever a moment you wanted to take a risk, but you decided against it? Uh, were you happy or upset that you didn't take that risk in the end? Um, I could tell you, I can't think of a risk that I wanted to take and didn't take and didn't regret it. There, there isn't one. I regret every risk that I wanted to take and didn't take because I, the reason why I didn't take it in almost all cases, if not all cases, is I was afraid. I was afraid of something. And usually for me, guys, I'll be totally like honest about this. I don't stress out about risking money. Money doesn't, the risking money doesn't scare me. Risking my reputation or risking looking stupid, embarrassing myself, that, that scares me way more than money. You know, if I could do something and I could buy my way out of the embarrassment, I probably would because I don't care so much to spend the money. 
I care about flopping on my face, you know, right? It's and it's human nature. I think a lot of us do, um, but some people are just as afraid to lose money. And and so if that's the case, that's that's a factor, and you have to factor that in. And again, I help people with that all the time. How to kind of go between the fear of failure and the fear of losing money, right? They're both legitimate and there's definite strategies to get past that and to understand what it takes to get on the other side. But to answer the question again, um, I, I'm always upset when I don't take a risk that I believe I want to take. And it, I, I still do it. There's still things that I don't always do. And sometimes it's, it's a matter of like priorities, like it's not a priority. And this is something you need to understand too. When you start telling yourself, time is what people blame a lot for not doing something, not taking a risk. They blame, I don't have enough time. I, I hear it all the time. I've heard it from family members. I've heard it from friends. I've heard it from people that I coach in the past and, and now. When you say you don't have time, <clears throat> try this exercise. Say, instead of saying I don't have time, say it's not important to me to blank, right? So I don't have time to start a business. It's not important to me to start a business. I don't have time for my kids. It's not important for me to spend time with my kids, right? It, it sounds different when you say it that way. And it sounds, you start, it takes you back a little bit and you go, wait, wait, that sounds horrible. I don't have time for my kids. Like I need to make time. Or if it is your business, like I don't, starting a business isn't important to me. Okay. Well, if that's true and you're okay with that, then you probably shouldn't start a business because it isn't important to you. But when you change the wording and now it hurts a little bit and you, and you don't like the way it feels, then you need to do something about it because everyone claims to be busy and everyone blames time for not doing whatever it is they want to do. But the fact of the matter is I guarantee you have time. I, I made a post about this on social media a few weeks back. You have time. Trust me. I, I've been as busy as anybody in life. I get it. I understand it. Kids. How, uh, jobs, you might have two jobs. I don't know, but you have time. I guarantee you're wasting time somewhere. And even if that means just getting a little bit less sleep, yes, I know sleep's important. I get that. But if you're sleeping eight hours, sleep seven. If you're sleeping seven, sleep six. If you're sleeping 10, still sleep seven. Now you got a lot of time, right? So that's, that's a short answer, right? But if we really analyze it, if you and I talked and we were like, let's go through your week. Let's, let's, let's really track what you do all day long, every day for a week or two. You would be amazed at how much time you have that you're wasting and didn't even know you're wasting it. So um, that's that. Okay. All right. So that's the questions I want to answer. I think I have all the questions in the comments right now. Um, let me look here if I missed anything. I don't. Uh, how much longer do I say hot? Yep. Got that. Okay. Guys, it, and that's totally cool. This is the first one. I'm going to do this every week. So send your questions in, um, whether you DM them to me, that's fine. You can send them to me uh, through email. You can email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com and I'll get your questions there. Maybe just make the subject line like Facebook Live or live Q&A or something just so, I, so it stands out a little bit from other emails. Um, you can email me there. I do, again, have a podcast. We have new episodes uploading twice a week where I'm interviewing amazing real estate investors, amazing people in the industry that just absolutely drop gold bombs every single week, twice a week. So go check that out. It's called Just Start Real Estate. You can get it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you go, wherever you listen to podcasts, go there and check it out. Uh, if you love it, give me a rating review. I'd appreciate that. If you want to, you can also go to mikesimmons.com. It's my website. You can find the podcast there as well. And anything else I'm doing, any speaking opportunities. Um, but yeah, keep coming back on Wednesdays. Like I said, seven o'clock Eastern, 
4 p.m. Pacific, just like tonight. Uh, I started a few minutes late tonight. Hopefully that will not happen again. Uh, but be back next week and I will, uh, I'll answer your questions. So this has been fun. I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for showing up if you showed up. If you're watching this on replay, you were late, you missed it, but that's okay. I got you. It's going to be, it's going to be on my page so you can check it out after the fact and still shoot me questions if you want. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. All right. Take it easy. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, I do these Q&As live on Facebook on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I hope you enjoyed this. Tune in next week for another installment of live Q&As answering your questions. Okay. Until next time.